good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Discerning View radio show, which is a special series focused on the Catholic faith. Our podcasts are available on iTunes under the Organic View Radio Network, or you can simply visit our on-demand section at www.theorganicview.com to listen to previous segments. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you, so please email us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by coronatools.com, the nation's leader in garden and landscaping tools. Listeners of The Organic View can receive 20% off their coronatools.com purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. For more promotional offers, please visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. And don't forget to check out our contest section. Since publishing his memoir, Five Years in Heaven, John Schlimm has received quite a response from readers around the world as they relate to his journey of faith as well as his very special friendship with an 87-year-old Benedictine nun named Sister Augustine. On today's show, John is going to talk about how his journey of faith has evolved since the book was published. So I'd like to welcome back to the show, John Schlimm. Good afternoon, John, and welcome back. Oh, my God. Hey, June. It is so good to be back with you. I always love chatting with you and all of your listeners. You are a very accomplished author, and even though we're not going to talk about all the different cookbooks that you've written, I just want to let our listeners who are not familiar with your work to let you know that your books are really the go-tos as far as eating healthy and also all the books that you've written about incorporating alcohol into your meal. I mean, you you were kind of like the uh, plant-based party guy for the most part well you know I, I come from one of the oldest uh brewing families in the country so it sort of courses through my veins and it made sense so I, i've had a lot of fun uh you know mixing that heritage in with healthy foods and uh certainly people can check out those books at my website johnschlim.com uh and hopefully have fun with them you know the goal no matter what the book is whether it's five years in heaven or a cookbook is always to tell a good story and take uh my readers on a really fun journey thank you and it definitely has been fun for me <laughs> in regards to five years in heaven i can't believe it's been a couple of years since the book was published can you talk a little bit about how you met Sister Augustine? What drew you to her? Yeah, you know, it's been incredible uh, to go through these last uh, few years since the book has come out because, you know, so often these days uh, books have such a short shelf life. Uh, they're there on the shelf one week and gone the next. But uh, five years of heaven, thanks to all the great readers out there, has just kept chugging along. Uh, and, uh, you know, really, uh, it, it warms my heart to know how inspired people are uh, by reading about my friendship with Sister Augustine. You know, I met her when I was 31 years old and she was 87. Uh, she was a, a nun here at, in my hometown of St. Mary's, Pennsylvania, at St. Joseph Monastery, which at the time was the oldest Benedictine convent in the country. And I had never even known that the ceramic shop that she had founded was even on the grounds. 
of the the convent. I went to school right next to the convent, uh, so I spent a lot of time time there. But you know, we're we're led to where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be led uh, to these places. And uh, you know, when I was 31, it was a moment in my life that I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to when you start having questions about. Uh, your your life journey and your faith and wondering, did I make the right decisions? And, you know, on a, a really a rather random day to me, uh, a friend actually suggested that we go to the ceramic shop at the convent. And I, I questioned if he even knew what he was talking about because I'd never heard the, of a ceramic shop there. But sure enough, we went and I still remember it was February 21st. I have that date circled with a little star on my calendar every year. And uh, it, there was a blizzard out, uh, but we, you know, went across town, went to the convent, and sure enough, there was the ceramic shop. And uh, that's when I met her. And that began uh, what was a five-year uh, friendship that changed my life. I would visit her a couple times a week, and we would, no topic was off limits. We had great discussions. And she really just imparted such wisdom and knowledge uh, to me that, you know, I, I still embrace on a daily basis. Uh, well, there, were, there weren't any particular prayers in particular that she shared with me. I mean, she certainly uh, went to morning prayers and afternoon prayers and night prayers at the convent. And so that had an impression on me uh, just to see how uh, much emphasis and uh, you know, the beautiful relationship she had to prayer. Uh, but in, in a way, our visits were a very u- unique, almost um, uh, prayer in and of themselves. Uh, but she was certainly, you know, dedicated to St. Benedict. She had a, a Benedictine medal on the kiln in her uh, ceramic studio. She loved St. Francis, who I know you love as well and who I love. Uh, in fact, she she would often... Uh, refer to him by his first name, Francis, which I always got a kick out of. And I thought, well, I, you know, if anyone can call a saint by their first name, it's certainly someone like Sister Augustine. And, and so it was just the little things like that that really had an impact on me. She certainly led by example, and I tried to absorb as much of that example as I could in the short amount of time that we had together. I know that you've received so many responses globally. Can you just share some of the responses that stand out, how your book has impacted other people? Absolutely. And what has been really incredible to me and something I did not expect uh, when I wrote the book uh, was the, uh, the varied responses and reactions that I would get. So, for example, I've heard from countless parents across the country who have children of different ages from young into adulthood, who are battling uh, drug abuse, which, you know, knock on wood, it's not something I've ever confronted, and it's not something that is written about in the book. But they, again and again, these parents uh, have reached out to me to say uh, the lessons they learned from Sister Augustine in Five Years in Heaven have helped them to deal with the with their children and the uh, the drug abuse that they're in the throes of right now. And I just find that so fascinating and such a blessing uh, that 
a story like Five Years in Heaven can translate into so many different topics, and especially, you know, in this day and age when opioid abuse and uh, other drug issues is such a problem. So that has just really warmed my heart to know that in some small way, Five Years in Heaven is helping uh, those people. I also, you know, another standout um, uh, response that I got was from a grandma in Iowa, and she wrote and she she told me how her six-year-old grandson had passed away from cancer and how five years in heaven had helped her as well as her daughter, the child's mother, cope with that just unbelievable loss. And she actually sent two copies of the, the book for me to sign, and she asked if I would draw a hummingbird. Uh, in her daughter's copy because that was a special sign uh, between uh, her daughter and her daughter's uh, six-year-old son. And she asked if I would draw a butterfly in her copy because that was a special sign for her. I had never drawn a hummingbird or a butterfly before, but I, you know, they usually draw little guardian angels when I'm doing book signings in the books. But I, you know, Sister Augustine was such a great artist and loved birds especially as well as all animals. I said, you better guide my hand in doing this hummingbird and butterfly. Uh, so, you know, that has, those have been really great responses. Uh, you know, but I also, like, the one-on-ones have been incredible. Like, people come up to me in the street or at the supermarket or when I'm traveling around the country. And I had, uh, you know, of all places, I had uh, one young man come up to me. It was about uh, 1 a.m. We at a bar. I didn't know who he was. You know, when you're from an old beer family, sometimes you find yourself in a bar <laughs> on a weekend. Yeah. And he came up to me and he leaned in and he said, I read your memoir. And he said, uh, it taught me how to forgive. And wow. I, I don't know who he is. He said that. He said, thank you. And he just disappeared back into the crowd. Um, I wish I knew who he was, um, but I'm so glad that the book touched him in that way. Uh, and, and again and again, that's been one of the biggest reactions is the forgiveness. You know, that's the subject of a chapter in the book where sister and I am helping sister uh, roll out some of her clay for these uh, crosses she would make from leftover clay because she wasted nothing. And I... I asked her, I got up the courage to uh, look at her and say, sister, what's the biggest lesson you've learned uh, in your life? And she thought for a moment and she, she looked at me and then said a single word, forgiveness. And that moment turned into a really beautiful discussion that we had about the power of forgiveness. And that is definitely one of those uh, lessons that every day I'm, I'm putting, tr- doing my best to put into practice. Uh, because, you know, we all have someone who, uh, you know, we need to forgive uh, or perhaps someone whose forgiveness we need to speak. So such a powerful lesson. Especially with divine mercy, the whole message of divine mercy, how great God's mercy is. It doesn't matter what you've done. God will forgive you if you seek forgiveness from him. And proof of that, I tend to refer to St. Paul because of his conversion how many christians he slaughtered and he took joy in doing it his conversion to do a complete 180 was just remarkable and god forgave him and i think to myself well it doesn't matter what i've done god will forgive me and you look at so many of the saints before us that have been forgiven so 
having Sister Augustine talk about the message of forgiveness. Now, a lot of people still don't understand the importance of forgiveness. They don't understand even how it impacts them. And I remember going to a seminar and the speaker was saying, when you hold on to something, it's kind of like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die from it. And it's very true. So, you know, your message of forgiveness, I think, is so incredibly important, especially in today's world. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I... If there's just one chapter out of the entire book that I would encourage people to read, it would be that chapter, which is chapter six, and it's titled Tiny Crosses, uh, because it, it is the, the single chapter that I have heard the most about. It has, you know, I, I've heard of, you know, people have interacted and reacted to all the chapters in the book, but it's that chapter six that time and again people have written to me about and uh, t- spoke to me about. And even, you know, when I've done media interviews, the, the, the reporters are, um, you know, fixated on that one chapter because it's had such a pr- profound effect, uh, which has been really great to see. I, I love that. Uh, but what, all, what has also been really interesting is the, the reaction internationally. Uh, you know, China uh, is embracing this book, which just, you know, I want to do backflips with excitement because I just think it's so cool. Um, that, you know, sister's message, you know, and I can just see her uh, with that little smile she would always have and that twinkle in her eye, uh, just kind of smiling down to see where her message is actually getting to. But in China, you know, they have now gone through several reprints of the book. Uh, They've done several editions of the book. Uh, It's come out in various paperback editions and an ebook edition. And just this year, uh, they released a hardcover illustrated edition of the book and uh that's just so fantastic and I, I think it's really cool and now i'm starting to get you know over social media which connects all of us in many ways uh messages that will come from people uh, either in china or elsewhere in the world uh who are reading this book i know for myself when i went to china There are so many things that people pay attention to that we don't as a society here in America, and one of them happens to be signs. And you've alluded to different signs throughout this conversation, you know, for example, with the tiny crosses. And I think that's something that really does resonate with the Chinese people. It's a very big deal to them. When you look at your own journey, when I look at my own journey, I look back And I see all the different signs that I probably wouldn't have paid attention to. But it does draw us to look at something called divine providence. Could you talk about some of the signs, now that the book has been published for a couple of years, you can look back and see the signs that that were there? Well, the, the book itself exists because of a very special sign that I was sent. Uh, you know, shortly after Sister Augustine passed away, my agent said, you really need to sit down and write a memoir about your your friendship. And I said, it was such a personal time those five years that I think this may be the one book I will never be able to write. Uh, especially, you know, there's a responsibility that comes when you're telling a story for not only yourself, but also another person. And so he kept after me uh, year after year as I was working on other book projects. And finally, 
I just sort of looked up in the sky and I said, all right, sister, I need you to please send me a very specific sign that only you and I will ever know. Uh, and if I get that sign, I'll know that I have your blessing to share our story with the world. And if I don't get that sign, I will be at complete peace with that, knowing that every day I'm putting the lessons you taught me to work in my, my daily life. And, and thus, you know, the ripples of your lessons are going out that way. I, and so I, I, I put that out to her. And then I just went back to working on my other book projects. And a couple years after that, on a random Thursday afternoon, uh, you know, an afternoon just like I would have been uh, when I would have been in her studio visiting with her, the sign came out of nowhere. And I picked up my phone, I called my agent, and I said, I'll be sitting down tomorrow to start the memoir. I sat down the next morning. In four weeks, the first draft was done. Um, and two weeks or two months later, it was um, sold at auction, actually, among several different editors. And it landed on uh, the desk of an editor who had worked with, uh, you know, Pope Francis and Pope Benedict. And, you know, and I had just put it all in sister's hands. And she certainly aimed high because it landed on the right desk. But the book itself happened because of that very special sign, which, of course, everyone wants to know what that sign was. And, you know, true to my promise. Uh, I, you know, that's the one thing that's going to just forever be between me and sister. But on a weekly basis, you know, people, uh, people will ask if I still feel connected to her after all of these years. And I tell them, I feel more connected to her now um, than I did even when, you know, I was visiting her every week. And, you know, almost on a weekly basis, I'm getting all, I get all sorts of signs from her. It could be wind chimes because there was a set of wind chimes that I had given to her uh, for the first birthday that I was friends with her and they, they hung just outside her studio. And when I would arrive or leave, I'd swipe my hand across them. So I hear wind chimes, forget me nots, which were, uh, you know, a, one of her famous motifs that she put on a lot of things. I'll see um, forget me nots. And in just so many other ways, uh, she has, you know, answered prayers. Uh, that I have uh, entrusted to her. And so we have a really great relationship. But yes, there's a, there's a power in those signs. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to that. Um, and if nothing else, they make us become more aware of this fantastic world around us. Well, I think signs are definitely unique to us and to the relationship that we had with that particular person. I know for myself, ladybugs are significant to me in regards to a very dear friend of mine, Anthony Fawina, who was healed by Padre Pio, and his story is world-renowned. He actually testified at the Vatican about his healing, and Anthony went home to God in the fall of last year. I actually just saw Ladybug the other day. I know he's watching over and I know he's praying hard. So many people have shared similar stories about different people that they loved that have also gone home to God and the signs definitely are there. It's just are you paying attention, you know? And sometimes we sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. I remember when Anthony first died, I went to something called the Catholic Underground, which is in New York City. It's the first Saturday of the month, and I was there with my friend Carmine. 
we both actually did the same thing. We both said to Anthony, you know, let us know if you made it. We knew he made it, but we just, you know, went to the sign. So lo and behold, I didn't really give much thought to it, but um, I had to run some errands that weekend. And then Monday morning when I was at Daily Mass, I looked at the chair that he used to sit in. Before he died, he was in a tremendous amount of pain, and he could barely walk, so he would sit in the front row. And I looked at the seat that he would occupy, and I said, Anthony, don't forget about me. And then all of a sudden, Aww. I started thinking about the events of the day before. And at some point, I went to a Dollar Tree, I think it was, and they had these Halloween costumes, and lo and behold... It was the first aisle that I walked down, and there were Ladybug Halloween costumes that were right on the left-hand side, and I didn't really pay any attention to it. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, what am I going to see Ladybugs? And then it dawned on me that was my Ladybug. So I knew Anthony was home. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I I grew up in a very Catholic family, and so from an early age I remember – uh, my mother praying to St. Teresa uh, with various intentions. And, of course, the sign from um, uh, St. Teresa is a rose. And almost in every instance, my mother would receive in some form or another a rose. And so that always had an impression on me. Uh, and, of course, you know, she always prayed to St. Joseph when something was lost. Or not St. Yes. Uh, St. Anthony. St. Anthony. St. Anthony, you can pray to St. Joseph too, I suppose. But Saint, absolutely. But St. Anthony, uh, she would pray to him uh, when something was lost, and it, sure enough, it would be found, which is something I certainly do. Uh, in fact, I, I sometimes I fear I've gotten a little cocky because sometimes I'll give uh, St. Anthony a, a time frame. I'll, I'll, I'll say, okay, I need you to please find this in the next five minutes or two minutes or one hour. And do you know he has yet to let me down on that? He always comes through uh, in the time frame that I, I've given to him. Uh, I, you know, one of these times he might not, but so far so good. But it, it's really amazing what happens when you open yourself up uh, to receiving these beautiful signs and just to that relationship. Uh, with the saints and to those who have uh, passed on who were very, very special to us. You know, I have uh, what I call my heavenly board of directors, which is, uh, you know, at, at this point, just dozens and dozens of loved ones who have passed on as well as favorite saints, uh, like my St. John Evangelist, who I'm named after, uh, as well as, uh, you know, the guardian angels and, and so many others. And they really are sort of that... Uh, collection who I pray to and uh, they're very overworked. I, I put them through, you know, they do a lot of work on my behalf, but it's so nice to know that they're there. Oh, I couldn't agree more. The saints were basically sinners who went the distance and they're people just like us who made it. And so they get it. They understand what we deal with. They understand the things that trouble us. And they can really identify with how the world works, especially in this modern day and age. And now you have Sister Augustine, who's up there watching over you. And I'm sure you must view her as a saint. Aren't we all called to be saints? 
Absolutely. And, you know, she was such a great lover of animals, uh, just like I am and like you are. And so I've, I've come on the one hand to think of her as a patron saint of animals, especially rescue animals, because I do a lot of work with rescue dogs in particular. And uh, every once in a while, there's an instance where I will uh, entrust uh, one of my little furry friends to her care and uh, you know, ask that she intercede and, and help them. And again, she's come through every time. And and I know that readers uh, of Five Years in Heaven who have reached out to me uh, tell me about how they will uh, entrust certain prayers and intentions to her now as well. So that just brings a smile to my face when I think that she is, is now serving as an ongoing inspiration to folks and someone who they can turn to for comfort uh, with their own struggles, whatever those struggles may be. John, is there any possibility that this story will be made into either a documentary or even a movie? Well, from your lips to God's ears, you know, that is uh, something that would be really fantastic. And uh, I just, you know, that's once I wrote the book and put it out into the world, I literally turned it over uh, to Sister Augustine. And I told her to, you know, it's up to you now to take the book wherever you feel it needs to go. And so if if it ends up on the big screen or the small screen, whatever that might be, uh, that would be really fantastic. And uh, I I think that, you know, it, it has had such a tremendous ongoing life during the last couple of years that it's been out and it's always uh, exciting to see where it's going to go next. So, uh, you know, we'll send that little prayer up to her and a little request and see, see what happens. Well, if you think about it, I think society is changing in the sense that a lot of the stuff that Hollywood has been putting out, all the gore, all the hardcore stuff, the very, very strong subjects that they are pushing I think people are tired of it. I think they're disgusted with it, and they want something that's more wholesome, is more uplifting, and also something that's going to stay with them. A story like this is just that, and I could see why the people in China would embrace something like Five Years in Heaven. And, John, I can't tell you how exciting it is that you're in China. That is so amazing, beyond words. Just the fact that you're going to reach so many people that have faith, that have been prevented from really sharing their faith, and now you have the opportunity to do something so wonderful. So I'm sure Sister Augustine must be smiling. <laughs> I, I really hope that she is smiling, and I have no doubt. I mean, she certainly was uh, someone who smiled a lot here, and I think that she has to be. Uh, smiling up there as well. You know, she, I once asked her uh, if she was afraid of dying because she had told me how many of her siblings had passed away very suddenly and some of them tragically. And in, when I said, are you afraid of dying, which I write about in the book, uh, she just smiled and said, no, everyone's entitled to their reward. And I thought that was so, so beautiful. And so when she finally did uh, pass away, I I really didn't feel sadness. I what I thought was you you have your reward now. Um of course that didn't mean her job was done. She is continuing to work on behalf of all of us and that's just so exciting. And you know, and back to your point about the movie, when I was writing the book, I, I wrote it very much from a visual perspective because she was such a phenomenal artist. 
Uh, and that's another thing that's been really great to see how her art, her ceramics have uh, continued to inspire people out there. In fact, there was a teacher, when you talk about the influence she has had, there's a high school teacher who uh, taught his art students about her and then they did bowls because she was very famous for the series of bowls called her Guffy Specials, which were beautiful abstract uh, bowls, which I know you're going to be posting some pictures of with this interview. And he showed the pictures of the bowls to his students, and then they did their own collection of these bowls, which were then sold at the local uh, art gallery. And hundreds of these bowls went out the door in about 20 minutes. Uh, because people who had read this story and then saw how uh, these students had been inspired by Sister Augustine, public school students, by the way, which I thought was just really awesome. Uh, they just flocked to get these bowls. And so that was that was really cool to watch as well. And, and especially see how inspired these students were, uh, you know, by this by this nun that they had only ever heard about and uh, just seen pictures of her work. So. Uh, the influence continues, and I'm I'm game to go along for the journey wherever that leads. John, from what I understand, you have a special promotion that's running on these books in order to share the message of your journey with Sister Augustine. Could you share that with our listeners? Absolutely. You know, recently uh, this huge uh, website called BookBub, uh, BookBub.com. Uh, they uh, were so inspired by the book that they decided to do a very special promotion with the ebook version. So for all the ebook readers out there, and I know there are a lot, uh, through uh, April 22nd, they have uh, dramatically reduced the price of the ebook to a dollar ninety nine uh, because they really wanted to. Uh, ensure that the book got into as many hands as possible and that as many people as possible could embrace the inspiration uh, in five years in heaven. So I, I'm so appreciative of them doing that. And it's just one more of the gifts that has come along um, in this journey uh, of people continuing to embrace this book and wanting to share it with the world. So I encourage anyone out there who uh, hasn't read it yet to, and they have an e an e-reader to please go to BookBub and uh, take advantage of that really great promotion and just enjoy the book. Thank you. John, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. It has been a pleasure talking about the progress that you've made with this book as well as your own journey of faith which continues to develop and go in so many different directions. Sister Augustine must be so proud of you. I know she's smiling. Oh well, I, I'm smiling back at her. It was definitely a, a a beautiful friendship that continues. Folks, please check out the companion article, which will feature some of the pictures of Sister Augustine's artwork, which is just absolutely breathtaking. Her work was just truly wonderful, and John is fortunate enough to own some of these pieces. You can check out the, art, the companion article at theorganicview.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Discerning View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon.